Welcome to the Friends I View podcast, where Sean and Jose talk about everything under the sun. Visit friendsayview.com for more, unlock exclusive content on Patreon, and catch our videos on YouTube at the Friends I View. Subscribe for weekly episodes and let's explore the world together. Well, we want to thank you for obviously tuning in. Like I said, this is Sean with Jose. We'll be talking about the beautiful inflation. Um, what did you take on all that, Jose? Well, I mean, it, the prices seem to not be coming down. They just seem to be going up. And then you have also included in that shrinkflation, which the people that uh, the the you know the people that uh, we purchase our goods from are, you know, making packages a lot smaller but charging the same price. You know, well, you run into that anytime an inflation happens. Yeah. Kind of the concept of how do I keep costs down while things are going up? What's weird about this hyperinflation, which is obviously unnormal, you yep. know, it's not normal. I mean, it started in 2020, obviously. Yep. But it's the fact that it affects every single country. Yeah. You know, usually, it's kind of a, you know, some countries, because you're, you're always going to have a inflation or recession, you know? And, and in first world countries, you try to keep that around 2 to 4%, which is kind of where, they, where the ideal for inflation is, which I think is BS, because in that mathematics, they don't factor in, like, gas, food. <laughs> they don't factor in these things. So it's like... Even though it's two to four percent, your food yeah. can still be like sixty percent, and yeah. then they're like, "Oh, it's two to four percent." You're like, "Is it really though? Is it really?" <laughs> and so the problem also is, is that it's like it doesn't seem like anybody knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, obviously, raising interest rates. So the so this is my problem. They have they have two ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. And I think those ways of doing things are BS, you know? Yeah. Like politicians, because politicians, we're going to talk about a lot on, on the podcast. I'm obviously not a fan of politicians. Yep. And I'm probably going to make fun of them, every last one of them, probably multiple single, multiple podcasts, but like complete dicks because they always go for like the nuclear options, they right. like raise interest rates. You're like, okay. Yes, that works. But there's other ways you can do things. There's, of course. There's, there's other ways you can fix it without doing that, because guess who gets affected by that? Yeah. Not those assholes. No, who makes all the money. Yeah, exactly. Now, look, if, you, if you're making 200 grand a year, like most of them, or you're a multimillionaire, billionaire, and you know, I, I don't, I'm not going to make fun of billionaires and multimillionaires as much as I do politicians, because... They actually provide some kind of product or value which validates their net worth, you know? Or if you're getting money under the table like Senator Menendez, but that's a different point altogether. Yeah, no, they, they all do. <laughs> I, you, look at, you look at Pelosi. I like laugh at her the most, I think, <laughs> because they actually have a Pelosi tracker where they track all of her insider trading. Yes. Her husband. <laughs> like, like, she secures... Like electric vehicles for the United States military at the same time she's investing in Tesla. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. So, but they don't care about the interest rates. They don't. Exactly. Yeah. Because you, you look at like what, a $500,000 house, which is not an uncommon value for a house. Yeah. Because, you know, we're relatively close in age. Yeah. Like I remember like even not long, about a year ago, even in Orlando, three hundred thousand, a yeah. decent, decent family home, not not a mansion, but a decent family home in a decent area around UCF. You know, would run you about three hundred grand before twenty twenty. Yeah, you're not touching one of those houses for like six hundred grand now. Yeah, and the higher interest rates, as each interest rate point goes up, that's massive amounts of monthly value you know that they're gonna have to pay in our mortgage yeah and then the problem is is what if housing's 
price goes down eventually <laughs> or interest rates go down. You're hoping that you can refinance at a lower rate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I remember car salesmen used to do that crap all the time. Like they would enter, you remember back in the military where they used to like go in and mess with like E3s and blow and be like, oh, yeah. Here, we'll finance you this charger at 20%. Yeah. Because yep. you don't have any credit. Uh, you just gotta, you just gotta come back <laughs> in a year or two, and we'll refinance at a lower rate. And you're like, yeah, and, and you know it really doesn't work like years. that. I mean, you know, especially, you know, people people talk like it does. I mean, it it happens, it does happen, but in most cases, it's not going to be any benef. It won't be beneficial, especially in cars. That's it's not going to be beneficial or even because you're just going to add more to the loan. Houses a little bit different because they actually have a value that potentially could increase. Yeah. So yeah, it's just crazy. And you mentioned you mentioned earlier that interest rates shouldn't go above two point four percent. Two to four percent is what the inflation rate should be for a first world country. Okay. In September, I read in September of twenty twenty three. Prices had increased by 3.7% compared to September of 2022. I mean, we got up to, what, 9%? Yeah, it was crazy. I, mean, I think we're still around, what, 8 And like I said, I think that number is BS because it doesn't factor in, like, energy. It doesn't factor yeah. in food. Because, you know, you know, granted, I live in Columbia um, now, but, like, I, I pay attention to what's happening up there. Of course, unless meat meat has gone up what eighty <laughs> percent. Yeah, unless you unless you live in a country such as yourself where the dollar is uh, stronger than the country's local currency, then yeah, you 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 you'll feel it a lot more. Yeah, you know, like right, like I see it here. I see yeah. it here now. Granted, I'm a little bit different circumstance than most of the Colombians here. Mm -hmm. You know. Because my money comes from the United States. Exactly. But so I feel it a lot less. But these guys, yeah, they're feeling it. I think Columbia is around 8%. Not oh, wow. And, and for the money that they take in, it just doesn't equate. Yeah, no, it's there's no one's giving raises, no one's giving bonuses. They're taking all that away, but they're increasing. The uh, uh, the prices of what what it takes for us to survive daily, yeah. Well, with where they're really screwing you guys over mm -hmm. is see, like here, it's more mainly noticeable and like things you buy, right? Yeah, that's certain cool. things are mainly imported things, and different things are usually where you see it the most, you know. But with you guys, inflation is affecting. Not only that, but the actual housing costs. Yeah. I remember even before I left, I was talking to a guy who just got an apartment. It was like a one bedroom, one bath in Pine Hills, which you know is a kind of a rough area. Yes, it is. Yeah. And he was like, man, this is all I can afford. And they were like asking 1700 a month. Wow. Wow. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Christ, like, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, because you're looking at like, in order to even even live in there, to live in Pine Hills, just based on that scenario, that means you have to bring in damn near six thousand dollars a month. Yeah, because they're going to require three times, which I never understood that one. I never understood that. I know ideally you want thirty percent, so I think that's. They want they want it to be that thirty percent kind of marker, and I do kind of understand that. But five thousand dollars a month, yeah, it's unbelievable. a month for a one bedroom, one bath, and not the prime location. Yeah, you know, and it's uh, I don't know. It's ironic how there are not jobs out there to match that inflation. Now you see, you know? so so here's the problem, right? Uh, before we go in a second nuclear option that they're trying, you know? <laughs> yep. But here, here's the problem, right? Is that you have a catch-22, and, and I've been giving this a lot of thought. Okay. And I now understand the problem, right? 
So, because we're going to talk about it, like the two types of systems need to coexist together. Okay. Capitalism yeah. and socialism, because they each have pluses to them. They also have some minuses, but together, the two systems, they they can work pretty well together, which for the most part is how the United States and most first world countries operate, you know? Okay. Yeah. But like... There was this idea that was passed down, and it's the dumbest idea. Now, it's being counteracted because we really need to be in the middle of ideologies, but we've been too far on one side for too long. Exactly. And so now it's drastically on the other side (laughs) to hopefully kind of center it. But capitalism, like you see it like with employers, they're like, well, I can, I can, you know, I'm an employer. I can, I can pay whatever I want. Yeah. For the most part, they can. But there's a second part to this, this ideology of capitalism means that if you don't pay me enough, I don't work for you or I don't work for you long. Exactly. So now you have, you have this new generation because our generation would suck it up. Yeah. And we did for the longest time. Yep. We would suck it up, like, because I knew people that been in positions for five, ten years, no raises, no bonuses. Wow. Same pay scale. I'm sure you knew people like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah well, but this new generation is coming up, and we can learn this from them. And some of the boomers and some of our generation likes to give them sh- shit about it. Yep. If you're smart, you won't, because you got to understand that- they're looking at it the way that it should be looked at. Exactly. You're not going to pay me enough? Okay, cool. I'm not loyal to you because you're not loyal to me. Exactly. You know, you're going to ask me to do more work. <laughs> for the same amount of pay or less, yeah? For the same amount of pay. Because you see, like, when you go to work, you have an employer. Yeah. Your employer has a... And, and I've worked in the United States. I know how it works. Mm-hmm. Where it has, like, a set... This is what the job description is. Correct. What you agree to do. Correct. But you're always doing more work than that. You're <laughs> always doing additional. You're always. Or staying later hours. Yeah. Later hours. And then the overtime thing is BS because it's like your you're, you're increased tax bracket. Yeah. So if you don't do more than like 10 hours, I remember at Bright House, I, I tested this theory out. Mm-hmm. Like for if I worked overtime less than ten hours, I actually lost money. Oh wow! I had to do at least ten hours to break even. Wow! So now, now I'm at fifty hours to break even. Wow! <laughs> Sixty okay. hours I make money, but do I really make that much compared to the twenty hours that I gave you of my life additional from the original forty? Gotcha. And so these new kids are like, you know what? Screw you. You don't want to pay me? Fine. I'm not even going to give you two weeks notice. You know why? Because you're not going to give me two weeks notice when you fire me. Exactly. And I thought about that. I heard that from a kid. Because, you know, our generation is always about two weeks notice. Two weeks notice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because it looks good. And and especially if you want to use that current employer as a reference later on but nowadays i guess it's no longer necessary you know yeah no no but i mean i understand where they're coming from yeah if they if they're gonna let you go they're not giving you two weeks letting you go yeah they're gonna let you go today yeah so it's like should you return the courtesy not really i don't think well there was that saying do unto others as you would have them do unto you (laughs) exactly (laughs) so and and well so some so two things have been happening for the longest time. Number one, employers have been increasing their costs two to four percent along with inflation. Like yeah. everybody has. Because you and I, every year, we can notice things get more and more expensive. Yes. But they are not increasing pay scales two to four percent along with inflation. If they would have just did that, because I were because they're talking about minimum wage, right? Yeah. And the reason why this is important is because every single pay scale is based off of minimum wage. Gotcha. Because they look at they look at what the minimum wage requirement is, and then they look at 
what the average salaries are around it, and that's how they dictate the price or yeah. how much they're going to pay typically, right? Yeah. And so when I was 16, I remember um, making, what, 8 $9 an hour at 16? And we thought we were rich. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that was that was in, that was in what nineties. You know, we're not even going to talk about when that was a while ago. Well, don't date yourself. A couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I understand. Yeah, wholeheartedly. Yeah. But even like in two thousand three, when I was going through college and stuff before I re-enlisted, re-enlisted, like I was, you know, going through college doing BS jobs. You know, I was getting paid like minimum wage, eight nine bucks an hour. You know. Because what I did in college was is I would quit jobs based on what my schedule was. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, because each semester my schedule would change. Exactly. And so instead of, because I found that employers were never willing to really work with schedules. Yeah. So I would just quit the job and go get a new one and just go <laughs> my availability. <laughs> you know, I didn't care either. You know, I'm like 21 years old at the time. Of course. And but my apartment was five hundred bucks a month. <laughs> oh, okay. So it was a little easier for me to to swing that, you know. Oh, can you imagine paying twelve hundred dollars more for that same apartment now? Jesus. Wow. And then the second problem is, is for the longest time nobody did any negotiations. Yeah. Because everybody has, every employer has like a range, and we serve the. That position pays. Yeah. So for the longest time, people were just accepting the eight dollars, eight dollars, eight dollars. So it ain't entirely the employer's fault. See, a lot of people point out just the employer's fault. Yeah. But it isn't entirely their fault because you accepted it. Of course. And this is human nature, and you have to deal with the fact you're dealing with human nature. If either of us owned a business, we would Probably, most likely, try to pay people the least amount we could possibly get get by with paying. Yes. Yes and no. No, it yes. I'm an extent. Yeah. Because you want that. I mean, if you own your own business, you would think, I, well, I, I'm not going to say what you would think, but me personally would think differently. I would want that loyalty. Because it's my business. So I want to make sure that if my business thrives, the people that work for me thrive as well. Because then that's where you get that loyalty. Where you have, and if it's a small owned business, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining. Now, when you get to those bigger corporations that, you know, have thousands of people um, employed, then it starts becoming uh, what we were discussing that, there's no loyalty. They don't care about you. So in turn, you're not going to care about them. But a small mom and pop owned business, I would think trying to pay the people that work for you a little bit more so you can have that loyalty is a bonus, is a plus for your yeah, business. When you're a small business starting off, that becomes a little more challenging. That's what true, I mean. True, because we don't have all the right, capital. You would try to pay them the least amount you can. Okay. Or at least make that contract with them. Hey, I'm just starting off. This is what I can give you until the business starts to take off. Once it does, then we will renegotiate. You know what I think the problem is? Hmm. Everybody takes a Walmart mentality to it. Hmm. And I'm going to pick on Walmart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay let, let's, and, and this is what I call it, the Walmart mentality. Yeah. So say you have a Walmart store. Yeah. What they'll do... Say that store only needs a hundred people. They will hire two hundred people and pay them eight bucks an hour. But you only really need a hundred. Mm -hmm. So that means only a portion of these people are actually going to be max productivity because uh, you don't you don't need the full two hundred. Okay, because you want you want to be recognized as a as an employer who <laughs> employs a lot of people. Yeah, got you. So what you do is instead of taking this stupid approach, you you only hire 120 people. So that way you have enough to cover when people are sick, whatever. And then exactly. instead of paying them eight bucks an hour, you pay them 16 an hour, mm -hmm. 20 an hour. Yeah. With, without it really cutting into anything. Yeah. 
because you're you're using what you already budgeted for anyway. Yeah, exactly right. So I think I think that's a thing. Also, something I I've been thinking about. I lost my train of thought on that one. <laughs> it's okay. That's why I, mean, I can see where you I can see where you're going with it. You know, and that's mostly what companies do nowadays. They allocate the funds for those 200 people, get it down to 120, and they're still in the profit and they're still on the plus side. So yeah. Now that's where it needs to be done. Mm -hmm. That's called efficiency. Okay. And then the problem is, is that people are going to the government, going here, force people, force higher minimum wage, make it twenty dollars now. Where this becomes a challenge is because of what I just talked about, where you have too many people and that instead of going, figuring out, auditing exactly how many people you need and employing just a tad bit over that and just paying more. Yes, sir. That would take care of small businesses who don't have a lot of budget. Mm -hmm. But let's be honest, the biggest problem with it is that we're a bunch of spoiled children. It really is a psychological thing. None of us like being told we have to do anything. Yeah, that's why a lot of people don't make it in the military. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when the government goes, you have to pay 20, what do we do? Yeah. We we throw a fit. Yeah. We act like spoiled little bitches. Mm -hmm. And then we do not look for the most effective way to do it. Yeah. We go for the easiest route. And the easiest route is just the jack pricing. Yes. That's the easiest route. Yeah. And you see that a lot. Of course. Without a doubt. It's like, no, that's that's not that should not be your <laughs> your prime directive of where you go first. Yeah. I Every agree. company has waste. You start looking at that. Yeah. Looking at um, your accounts, auditing yourself, making sure that all necessary money that needs to be going out is is correct. Exactly. Renegotiating certain things. Yeah. Um, there's there's a million ways, but what happens is when you force companies to do that, they pick the easiest route instead of the best route because they're pouting. Yeah. And they're mad. <laughs> oh, no, I agree. Yeah. So that's my problem with like, so like there's a lot of people, there's a lot of sides and guilty when it comes to why are we not paid enough? Mm -hmm. And it's because we're now finally at the point where we're like, nah, I'm not working for $8 an hour, bitch. I, <laughs> I need $3,000 a month to get my apartment. I'm exactly. doing it. Yeah. I mean, that's where I guess all the strikes are coming in from, too. You know, the, the actors strike, the um, director strike, all of that. I mean, I guess it has to do with wages as well, but it also has to do with technology coming into play using the likeness of actors. You know, they're not getting paid, but the studios are, you know. Sure. So and that, and that right there in itself, you know, so now that the strikes are over, where do you think that that money is going to come from? probably raise the ticket prices to watch a movie. You know, I damn sure don't get anything to eat at the movie theater because <laughs> they make more money off of food than they do off the actual ticket prices, you know? So everything Wait, comes from everything else. So you're all you're all like paying eighty dollars for twenty dollars for soda? You know, I I I joke with my wife that even when we become millionaires I still wouldn't pay that price because of my humble beginnings, because of where I've come from. You know, it's just to me, it makes no sense whatsoever. I'll have a nice meal with my family prior to going to the movies and then we'll go enjoy the movies. But paying that much money for popcorn, it's it, it just it's I'm like, what? <laughs> you know why I wouldn't? Why? Because <laughs> there's crap popcorn. You know, I like the popcorn. I'm not gonna lie. I could have tons of butter in popcorn, it. Man. I could I do I could do I can do better popcorn at home. Yeah, my wife does. She buys the kernels and she pops it herself and it is healthier and it is outstanding. Okay. You know, okay. Yeah. Cause in there, you know, it's always served by the dude who's like sixteen years old who you know just picked his nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, you know, inflation 
has always been since I've been born up and down, up and down, but I've never seen it to the level where we are now. It's because, like, so it started with 2020 because something happened that never happened. We talked about that. Yes, yes, yes. The whole world stopped. Yeah. The entire world just went stuck and they started throwing money into into the economy. Yeah. Yeah. Which is right now we're at least the government, US government, every government really, but we're picking obviously on the US government. Mm-hmm. They're throwing money right and left for everything but the American people. Yeah. Everything outside the country. <laughs> Israel. Yeah. It's it's you know, you They're always have to be like Hawaii. You're seven hundred bucks. Yeah, but Israel, Israel, here's a billion. <laughs> yeah, hundred billion, twenty, two hundred billion. Which I don't understand whatsoever. You still have homeless people in the United States. You still have people who here it is coming up Thanksgiving. I just saw it on the news the other day that veterans like you and I. There are programs for veterans where people are offering food because they said if it wasn't for this program, I wouldn't have enough to eat the whole month. And these are people who fought for their country. I always say you start with home first. You take care of home first, not just in your own home, but as a whole, the United States should take care of its people first and then everyone else. You see, I believe, and we won't go into this too much. Yeah, that's fine. But- you gotta be another, gotta be another, another podcast. But I believe mm-hmm. if you follow the money trail, yeah, all this money that goes, even on stuff here in the United States, yeah, or through other countries, and you follow that money trail, which will never happen. But if you did, yeah, you'd find that it's going to end up most likely in a shell company somewhere, and yeah. somehow back to our politicians. Yeah. Because I, we we've been given we've been given billions and billions and billions of dollars a year to homelessness to solve it because that's a bad thing. Exactly, and it still hasn't been solved. Up. And it hasn't even there hasn't even been a dent in it. Yeah, you know how many you know how many charities are out there. Yeah, you know how to tell me that specifically with homelessness. Exactly, and yeah. there's even a World Health Organization. I remember they talked. They talked crap on Elon because they were like, they made a state statement. Uh, They're like, oh, if we got $8 billion, we could, we, I think it was a World Health. It was one of those global organizations, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. They're like, if we got $8 billion, we would, we would go ahead and we would, uh, we'd solve homelessness or, oh no, they're making fun of Elon because he, he had sold some stock for $8 billion. And they're like, oh, if we had those $8 billion, we would solve homelessness. Then it's not true. And Elon just asked them for a plan. What is their plan for solving it? Yeah. That, and that we would like to we would like to see the plan, audit the plan, you know, make sure. He goes, I'll give you the $8 billion right now to solve it. Wow. It's just I need a plan and, and I want it to be audited. And they just went blank. And then when you look at when you looked at how much money they got that year, they had already gotten eight billion from the United States alone. Wow! So it's like all of these, all yeah. It's easy. It's easy to point the finger at other people, you know, instead of trying to collectively come together and solve the problem. Not just homelessness, but the topic that we're talking about today, which is inflation. Yeah, you laugh. I'm like, we're gonna definitely dive more into those things. Yeah, following the money. It should be a podcast, most definitely. And yeah, and maybe next week we'll do it. Okay. Follow the money. But like, like plan. then you have their nuclear option number two, they want to start a war because the real way they there's two ways to combat the inflation. The yes. way that, two economic principles that they know of how to do it. Yes. Or at least their nuclear bombs. Raising interest rates to try to take money out of the economy. Yeah. Which to me makes absolutely no sense, and I'll tell you why it makes no sense. Of course. Um, in about two seconds. And then the second is war, because yeah. you're increasing productivity, which is a way that you can do it. Yeah. But you're increasing productivity to take lives. 
Yes. It's not like you're increasing productivity to make lives better. Exactly. You are increasing productivity solely to kill people. Exactly, which is that always at the expense of other people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then they're taking money out of the economy. It's like, you're not printing any money. If you want to remove money from the economy, it's literally, it's literally a transaction on a debit sheet. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's no real money being trained. It isn't like if somebody's like, look, I need a million dollars. The Fed is sitting there printing a million dollars. They're not. They are logging into an account right now and doing a debit for a million dollars yeah. and going into the liability side of the sheet and putting a million dollars. That's all that's happening. Yeah. So you want to really remove stuff, for money from the economy. All you really got to do is just do opposite of what you just did. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know how much longer the American people can, can, you know, I don't know, sustain this type of lifestyle with the inflation going on because- I don't think anybody can. I would, yeah. I would say within the next like five years, if it's not like that's about the max you could, and I'm, and I'm being very, very lenient on that. I would say give a year or two max for most people nah. to be able to survive at this rate. A lot of people are struggling. I, I saw in the news the other day that there are about 12% of the uh, homes are uninsured in Florida alone. Because they just can't, can't afford it. They can't afford insurance on their homes. I'm like, wow, it's, it's, it's just it's crazy. It's mind-boggling the way things are going. Now I have a better way to do it. I'm going to pitch my way to do it. If okay. I was president, this is what I would do. I'd vote for you. I'd probably get assassinated within the first like <laughs> of being in the office. <laughs> most most presidents who are actually before the people normally do. <laughs> they wouldn't like me at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What it is, what it really is, and this is what really needs to be done. And mm -hmm. this team, this is... I'd say there's three things that are going to have to take place. Okay. Uh, number one, we got to be honest. Okay. And we're going to talk about this more on a different podcast, but. Okay. Sure. Because it's a very in-depth. We need to be honest with ourselves. Okay. Okay. I agree. And okay. when I say honesty and honest with ourselves, yes, we should take care of our planet. Yes, we should we should do things better. Yes. Okay. Battery technology is 100 years old. There hasn't been a whole lot of technological advances to it. Okay. Solar panel is just not where it needs to be quality-wise, affordability, et cetera. Okay. There are other, the other energy sides of things that we should be investing in more, but we are not. Like, I think a hydrogen car is not a bad way to go, mm. especially if you want green energy. Yep. Okay. Um, there's, a, there's a million other ways that we can really invest in energy. Okay. To try to do it cleaner. You know, really getting into fusion and fission and different. Sure. sure. Um, I think it's fusion, if I remember, is the best one. Okay. It, it doesn't do any nuclear waste. So... There's a, there, we have a long ways to go before we can really be where we need to be to go completely green. But it just takes that first step in order to start get going. We are starting. Right. We are yeah. starting, but we are in the infant stages of that. The of infant course. stages. Our, our grid system has not been upgraded for a long time. Yeah. Matter of fact, it's so bad. That Texas, remember, like, they, yeah, how was it? Yeah, it lost power, like, the whole entire state did. Yeah. And like, it was freezing in the wintertime. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yep. So, in the meantime, in the meantime, while we work on these things and incentivize this technology, and whether it be incentivizing, because there's a lot of people, like, there was a, there was a guy, I was watching a video. 
Mm-hmm. And he did a hydrogen truck. It was like a 1957 truck. Wow. wow. He did a hydrogen truck and it operated and he, he, he it operated on a performance level. Okay. Meaning like it was a V8 like in it. Yeah. <laughs> Like you compare to some of the trucks being made now. Yeah, I understand. Uh-huh. We need to incentivize not only government contracted scientists, yeah, but take the technology and incentivize people who are in their garages, yeah, creating this new technology and doing these motor, you know, yeah, giving them access to the grants and different things for people because there are grants out there for this. Yeah. It's just nobody really knows what they are. Yeah. Make, you know, making those readily available so that these people can help us push this technology to the next level. Because uh, one of these really brilliant scientists from Uncle Sam and different things, they can take this technology and improve it. Yeah. Um, the companies can take it and improve it. And I think that for our leverage for improving, I think we should make it a, in order for you to get tax write-offs as a company, you have to give back to your, you have to give back to your communities on a certain level. Okay. By doing certain things. Yep. Or by doing technological advances. Gotcha. Because right now they get these tax advantages, but they don't really have to do much for them. And I think that, I think that, you should have to do more for it. And I'm not just saying financially, but maybe doing OJT at a school where you teach or whatever. Yeah. Uh, helping out the community, maybe sponsoring sports teams, uh, repairing roads, you know, any giving technology to schools, you know. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So you do that. <laughs> and then, then you go, okay, I understand that this is our goal. This is where we're going. This is our plan. We want to do it better. Okay. But 90% of our world operates on oil and gas. Okay. And in order for us to combat the cost of things, we need cheap energy. Yeah. Because uh, the, the energy cost is going to be directly correlating to the cost of everything else. Of course. And that's where we are sitting right now. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to pump more oil. As much as it may pain people, it's yeah. true. We need to we need to pump more oil, at least while we are doing these other things. Yeah. And that way it, we can catch up. Yeah, because that's that's number one we gotta do. Yeah. Um number two, we're in a unique dilemma. Back in the 40s, I think, is when it happened. Okay. Some asshole, <laughs> probably lots of assholes, <laughs> got this great idea. Mm-hmm. Everything is going to be built in China. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, all the manufacturing plants that left the United States. Yeah, that was a oh. bad idea. No, some things got to leave. There's specialization for a reason. Yeah, but still, not okay. everything, yeah? Not everything. No, what I'm saying is every country can specialize in things. Yeah. Okay, there's things that the United States are going to be superior at than any that- other country. And then there's going to be things that somebody else can do much better than us. Yeah. Like, for instance, T-shirts. The United States making T-shirts is a dumb idea. Like, it's good for, like, the whole little, like, the proud thing where you're like, I'm American made, but it's not <laughs> realistic. Yeah. Because the cost to sell those t shirts are going to be very expensive. You're not going to get six to 10 in a pack for like five to 10 bucks. You know, you're not yeah. going to do that. So you let somebody who can, like India or any of the countries in South America, and there's other countries, there's 203 sovereign nations. There's plenty of countries who can do textile as cheap or close to mm-hmm. what China is doing. Yeah. Without the human viola- human rights violations, without labor and labor, without slave labor. So, yeah. and competition breeds better quality. 
Yeah, exactly. It increases innovation and it also helps with costs. Yeah, exactly. Definitely lowers prices. <laughs> so we need all these countries to come together like adults. Yeah. And now, now I'm not going on a limb here by asking them to act like adults. Yeah. Yeah. Because all of them are between the ages of like, what, 30 and like 20? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At some point, they need, you would have thought they would be adults, but they're not. You know, it all comes down to that trust issue. A lot of the leaders of different countries don't trust a lot of the leaders of other countries. Well, I mean, but that's because everybody's been screwing people over this whole time. Exactly. And 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 not being held accountable. You want to get the trust? Hold the people accountable for what you think uh, they're going to deliver or not deliver. If they deliver it, we're good. If they don't deliver it, then hold them accountable. And they will exactly. yeah. Because you're not sitting there and you're not having contracts to hold people accountable. There you go. Because contracts are for specifics. Yeah. Holding people accountable. So every country needs to get together. If you want to join the UN, you want to call it something else, I don't care. You can call it Mario Party. I don't give a shit. <laughs> but bring all 203 sovereign nations together and go, look, if we're good, and this is going to go into some of that hypocrisy stuff. Oh, yeah. Because we got to talk about this. As I find a lot of people are hypocrites. Yeah. But if you're going to say, I want it to be a world economy, then bring the whole world together. Literally, yeah. And make it a world economy. Not just one or two people, but everybody. And then let everybody specialize. Like when you go into Walmart and you buy things, you should be able to see French things, Spanish things. Yeah. Brazilian things. Exactly. You should, you should be able to buy Australian things. Yeah. You know? So it's like, let all these countries compete so that they're bringing in money. And then- Drop prices. And then, and then because we don't have anything anchored, anchored to the debt, meaning yeah. anchored to cash, because all these, we went into fractional banking so that we're moved the gold standard or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. But all these countries do is go, okay, cool. Everybody owes everybody a lot of money. We always hear about how much the United States owes China, but yeah. China owes us like three or four trillion. Yeah. Japan, we owe them three or three or four trillion. They owe us like three or four. Every single country owes everybody this massively large amount of money. So you guys get together, you go, hey, look, um, this is non-sustainable. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start over. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Why not? We're out everybody's debts, and then we're going to do it the right way. There you go. Why not? Exactly. That's called a reset, and it should be done, but done the right way. Gotcha. Yeah, it makes sense. It really makes sense. Yeah. So when that happens, when all these things happen, we can start moving into a better direction. And I think we're going to have to do something very, very like... Uh, drastic. Drastic, yeah. Yeah. Because nobody... I mean, you look at Europe. They're what, 10, 11, 12%? Yeah. It's crazy. And it's... And, it, you know, I take it as an example. My wife, she goes to Turkey with our son every year. Sometimes I join them. Sometimes I don't. You know, when she first came here... 10 years ago, I want to say, give or take in that rough 10, 11 years ago, she was here. I used to, we used to pay. I know, we used to pay. <laughs> I used to pay for her and my son about $800 round trip yeah. to go to and from Izmir and back and return. Yes? Yeah. This year, I paid $1,500. So double what I normally would have paid. 10 years ago. So, and I'm talking 100% increase? Come on, really? $1,500 a round trip? And we do it early enough. You know, they say, hey, you, if you buy your tickets early, you, you pay less money. If you go for a longer period of time, you pay less money. Well, we bought it as early as we can. And she stays, usually normally she stays at least five to six weeks, you know, for my son's summer vacation. You know, I'm calling BS on that. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. I know. No, 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 not on that. But I'm saying the whole planning it out. Okay. Oh, 
They're leaving love, love, and BS on that, right? Yeah. So when I moved to Columbia, right? Mm-hmm. I I did like as soon as I got my visa, as soon as I as soon as I'm like, okay, look, now I'm Colombian. As soon as I got my visa, I purchased it. And this was like months in advance, you know. Okay. It cost me four hundred dollars, right? One way. One way. <laughs> okay. So which really isn't a lot of money. It'd probably be less if I did both ways, but yeah. You know, I'm only going one way. <laughs> Got you. So, so I'm like, cool. So this is like three or four months in advance, like I said. And and so the day of, because I thought all the all the COVID crap was done with. Okay. You know, because this was way after everyone yeah. said no, whatever. It's not necessary. Well, they still made you do that BS of like going to a doctor and getting a test, and I'm like. This shit is done. And and I didn't realize that they were, because I was like, you know, I wasn't thinking. I didn't check ahead because I'm like, we've been done with this shit for like three years now. Yeah, exactly. And so so when I get to the airport, I realize I got to go do this bullshit so I had to miss my flight. Oh, wow. And so like it was one of those days where like being on hold, and I bought it through a third party, so you know there's a lot of challenges around that, you know. Of course, yeah. Um, it would, it was. I need. I was gonna be on hold for like three hours, you know. Oh wow. Okay. And so like I ain't got time for that crap. I'm just gonna buy another ticket. Okay. So I went, found some stupid doctor to do my <laughs> quick little, my quick little thing, and I got the, I got a flight out the next day. So I bought the day, day before, and I guess how much I paid? Four hundred bucks. Four hundred bucks. The same amount. Same amount. Wow. The same exact amount. So it's like, so it don't even matter at this point. It's, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah, it, I, I think it used to be that way. It yeah, of course. That way, because I remember that was the biggest thing. Where you're like, look, I got to do it like a month out. Sometimes I heard it, if you do it on a Tuesday, it's better, or Wednesday. Exactly, yeah. That's another thing. And now I don't even think it even matters. I think he, because like I said, I just literally walked, logged right on, bought a ticket, same amount of money. You see? That inflation is exactly everything. The same exact flight. I was in, I just, I ended up in Columbia much later than I wanted. Gotcha. See, so... Oh, so bottom line is inflation is not giving us any incentives, you know, for any kind of discounts, whether you purchase early, whether you stay later, whether you come back sooner, whether you leave on a Tuesday or leave on a Saturday, it really makes no difference. Exactly. So it's like, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's just, I landed in Barranquilla because I, I went into Barranquilla at, at that time because. Hey, that's Shakira's hometown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I landed in Barranquilla because I, you know, I'm still getting used to this area, you know. Mm-hmm. Now I know to just fly into Santa Marta, you know. Okay. But I, and I was meeting up with a girl in Barranquilla, so there was kind of two incentives here. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I ended up getting there at like midnight and she picked me out from the, she picked me out from the airport. Okay. We went, stayed in a cheap hotel. Because it's like, because Barranquilla is about an hour away from, hour, two hours away from Santa Marta. Okay. And there's a bus you take. It's just, oh, no, no, we actually did. We took the bus, we landed, and we ended up in Santa Marta. I was staying at Airbnb initially. Okay. About a month because I needed to find a place more permanent. Exactly. Living at now. I'm going to do the same thing when I go to Cartagena, I'll Airbnb it while I secure the house, you know? Yeah, of course. And so we we got a cheap little hotel for like 20 bucks a night kind of. Oh, nice. Okay. I mean, it was nice. It was not like nice, nice, you know, like. <laughs> of course. No, this isn't like Holiday Inn here. <laughs> or Hilton here. Okay. This is, this is one of those places, because every city has kind of shady areas, right? Of course, of course. This is one of those places where you just hope nobody's watching you at night kind of place. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. 
What is that? Those roach motels is what we used to call them. Okay. <laughs> kind of one of those, you know? I got you. At 20 bucks, you know? Yeah. Wow. So we did that and then went to Airbnb the next thing. But yeah, like, inflation is crazy, man. Yeah, I'm not do something drastic because... I'm hoping it gets better, man. I'm hoping within the next year or two, things reverse and uh, at least start to normalize a lot more than, you know, what it's been doing. They're gonna- they're going to have to because you can't keep bleeding people dry. Yeah. You know, when you run out of other people, like if you're a business, if your customers run out of money, <laughs> unless you are needs-based, um, you're going to run out of money too. Yeah, exactly. The government, the government can't keep spending your money rigorously. Yeah. Because if, you, if your people run out of money, you can't collect any money. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> something's got to give. Yeah, no, nah, it's just they're just financially irresponsible. And that's what it really boils down to. Yes, sir. Like I said, they're trying to increase productivity, which is a good thing. Just don't do it in war. Yeah. There's a, exactly. There's a lot of ways you can increase productivity. Yeah, without actually taking that step. Yeah. And then, like I said, as far as too much money being in there, in the economy? Are you serious? Yeah. How much cash do people carry? Like, honestly, how much, how much cash, like physical cash, do you have to have out in the economy? You, yeah. You're not going to have a lot of cash out in the economy. So what you do, since all this, all this cash that's in the economy is literally just digits in a computer. Yeah. How about you start from there? Yeah, exactly. Start, start, start doing some balance sheet corrections, you know? Exactly right. And then we should be on the right path then. Yeah. Knock this, knock this inflation down. Nah, that's what's killing me is like, <laughs> like, how do you not make some trillion dollars disappear? You've done yep. it before. The Pentagon made $2.5 trillion disappear before 9-11. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, so it can be done. They just got to make sure they put their heads together and do it. <laughs> so I think that's about the time we have today as far as this one goes. Sounds great. And my friend, happy Veterans Day to you. Thank you for your service. Well, thank you for your service with the remote and proud the to have served. <laughs> Chair Force. <laughs> proud to have served. Okay, wait. No. All right, have a good one. Thank you for joining the friends I view today. If you loved our conversation, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, share with friends, and stay tuned for our next episode. Until then, keep the conversation going.